0: Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August the 12th, 2023. Hopefully, this episode finds you well, in good spirits, and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, So far, it's been a solid Saturday. Let's see. I woke up with a strong urge to take a walk. Uh, only problem was that somehow, some way, I like tweaked my ankle or something. Like really, the only strenuous thing I can think of that I did was walked. I walked on Tuesday. That's it. Like it's not like it was crazy, but you know, I, I've I've been told this by my nutritionist. But you know, this way back when, when I was a little, when I was a little guy. But it's just like, hey, you know, you have all of this weight on your body, on this skeletal frame. And, you know, all that weight is going to make things more problematic for your back, for your joints, you know, along the way as you get older. And I'm like, sure, 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 I know. But, um, you know, unfortunately, now that I'm, you know, at the age of 32, even though I've had these kind of problems, even like, you know, mid 20s. Where it's just like, okay, like, I would love to be more active. You know, I was being more active at my job. And next thing you know, it's like my body feels like it's breaking down. And it's just like, yeah, like, it can't sustain the weight. And it's like, well, I have to lose the weight. So, like, I have to do these activities and it's so painful. <laughs> but um, back to the walk. I said, you know what? I'm going to make it happen. And I woke up early and I'm like, this is just it's too good. I don't want to, like, just sit here and nurse my little hurt ankle. I want to get out there. Which is weird that I'm so, so hyped to do this walk. But that was, that was my treat for Saturday morning. Um, so we went on and did it. Nice little walk. I kind of did like a half measure instead of the full one. But I was like, this is nice. It's nice to be outside and it's not super hot. Uh, it, was, it was good. The vibes were right. It was worth it. Also, you know, with some Advil and a little nappy poo, we're doing a little better. Ankles feeling a little bit less rusty, maybe. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. It's a eternal struggle. Uh, let's see here. Um Food Corner, there's not much to report. I finally made some good house coffee again. That's nice. I'm I'm back on my yummy era with my coffee. Uh, essentially I decided to add some creamer. Or not creamer, I'm sorry. Uh whipped cream. Uh, you know, I had like a little bottle of whipped cream and I just blasted it. And uh, that did the trick. It made it a little bit more of what I wanted, at least, you know, the opening sips were really yummy, you know, so they were hitting. so we're good, maybe we're back in business, ah, uh, let's see here, oh, and I had some peanuts, I've eaten some peanuts, it was a little snacky, <laughs> all right, um, enough about me, uh, let's go ahead and get into some news, let's talk about some news, uh, from Reuters, 41 feared dead and migrant shipwreck in central Mediterranean, 41 migrants are thought to have died in a shipwreck last week in the central Mediterranean, Italian authorities and United Nations agencies said on Wednesday, citing survivors who have been taken to the Italian island of Lampedusa. Local public prosecutor Salvatore Vella and three UN agencies confirmed media reports that four people who survived the shipwreck had told rescuers that there were they were on a boat carrying 45 people, including three children. The survivors, a 13-year-old boy, a woman, and two men arrived in Lampedusa on Wednesday, almost six days after the seeking of their boat. The International Organization of Migration, or the IOM, um, UNICEF, and UNHCR said in a joint statement. ah uh, Let's see, the boat had set off from Tunisia's Sfax, S- S- a hotspot in the, I'm going to say, quote unquote, migration crisis, um, but capsized and sank during the night after being hit by a big wave. The survivors were quoted by multiple sources, including an ANSA News Agency. Uh, Let's see here. The Italian Red Cross and Sea Watch Charity Rescue said the four had survived by hanging onto life jackets and or other inflatable rubber devices and then finding another empty boat at sea on which they spent several days adrift. Uh, So it's pretty harrowing. It's pretty fucking major. But, you know, it's good that at least some people were able to, you know, survive and, you know, tell the tale uh also you know at least from what i've seen on the surface of the story there hasn't been like any untoward you know shit done to the migrants in this situation um at least the ones that were surviving and you know no one did anything like fuck up the boat or anything like that or push people back you know so you kind of take the does where you can here but obviously any kind of loss of life is very unfortunate very sad uh also to add on sunday the Italian Coast Guard reported that two other shipwrecks with 57 survivors, two dead and more on and more than 30 uh missing. And media reports said that they also are they also involved at least one vessel that had departed from Sfax on August the 3rd. But that was not the same ship. It's uh a different incident, it's believed. Uh, let's see here. Uh, separately, Tunisian authorities said on Monday they had recovered 11 bodies from a shipwreck near SFAX on Sunday, with 44 migrants still missing from that incident. Um, so yeah, I mean, sadly, it is a, you know, common thing that these things happen. I do try to cover the, the highlighted stories, you know, at least bring attention and conversation there about it. I do hate that they label it as like a migration crisis, I don't think that there would be a crisis, once again, I said it before, I'll say it a thousand times, if you just had better open borders, you know, if people could actually, you know, flee from a situation and get out of that negative, bad situation and go to Europe and actually be processed without having to be like, oh, well, you can't be here, you didn't go through the right channels. This shit would just be better. It would just be easier. And I I think it would lighten the burden on Italy as opposed to making them, like, the gatekeepers of it as they like to, like, position themselves in this conversation. That it's them and, and the human traffickers that they're trying to stop. So, I don't know. That's, you know, that's maybe for another episode. But anyway, we can move along. From CNN, Zelensky says, All officials in charge of military recruitment offices dismissed amid corruption scandal. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has dismissed all officials in charge of regional military recruitment centers amid a widespread corruption scandal. A scandal linked to the procurement procurement, procurement of wartime supplies had already led to Zelensky firing a slew of senior Ukrainian officials at the start of the year and prompted Ukraine's Deputy Defense Minister Vyslov Shapovalov, to resign after allegations of corruption surfaced in the media. Zelensky announced the latest dismissals in a statement on Friday. Uh, Let's read part of that here. In total, there are 112 criminal proceedings against officials of the military registration and enlistment offices. Among the issues Zelensky cited, illicit enrichment, legalization of illegally obtained funds, Unlawful benefit, illegal transportations of persons liable for military service across the border. Um so I mean essentially this kind of shit is like, hey, uh there was one example of a guy who's like, I'm going to, you know, allow people to skip the military recruitment, even though this is like a mandated thing, all the men of like able-bodied age are supposed to be fighting right now. Um, you know, I'll let them pay me off and I'll pocket that money and they don't have to go. And then there's other officials out there who are, you know, helping or even escorting people get across the border, you know, letting them go. It's like, Hey, I'll let you, you know, you pay me, I'll look the other way. But, you know, kind of back to, you know, main ex guy who I'm, you know, not naming the name of cause I don't have it readily available. He's lining his pockets meanwhile across you know in another country in spain he's buying up home you know buying up a home buying up a home that's what i'm trying to say um you know he's getting his little mansion together and you know i imagine you know when the time's right he's just gonna blow on over you know get on out of here but you know essentially with all eyes on ukraine you know for the you know obviously the war but also the fact that they're trying to become a part of nato that is a big deal uh, one thing that's been launched against them is, you know, charges of deep, steep corruption in the country. Now, I mean, granted, when you say that, it's like uh, you could say the same thing about Britain, you could say the same thing about the US, China, wherever. There are corrupt officials, corrupt peoples all over, you know? They are in the system, they are in the works. So, you know, I think it's a valid thing that, you know, Zelensky is trying to do this and, you know, they are trying to root out corruption. Um, you know, just for their own benefit, but also, you know, to try to, you know, have this clean sterling record or a better record of handling corruption so that they can get, you know, maybe their NATO membership if that ever happens. Uh, who Who knows on that one? But um, let's see here. I want to read a little bit more. He said the decision was to dismiss all regional military commissioners This system should be managed by people who know exactly what war is and why cynicism and bribery and time of war are high treason. Soldiers who have been to the front or who cannot be in the trenches because they have lost their health, lost their limbs, but have saved their dignity and have no cynicism, they can be entrusted with this uh, recruitment system. Every military commissioner against whom there is a criminal investigation will be held accountable. And officials who confuse their shoulder straps with profit will definitely be brought to justice. Uh, in the previous uh, round of, you know, roundups uh, for this corruption shit, he had also said, hey, you guys can't leave. Like, you know, so for that guy in Spain, like, nah, dude, you're not going nowhere. You're not ever going to get to see that spot, bro. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, hopefully that goes well. Hopefully, you know, he, you know, put some heads together and, you know, stamps that out, I guess. That would be Nice. Uh, Let's see. Let's go ahead and move along. From CBS News. Iran set to free five U.S. citizens in exchange for access to billions of dollars in blocked funds. Biden has signed off on a politically charged agreement with Iran to bring home five American citizens in exchange for the regime gaining access in the coming weeks to billions of dollars in blocked funds sitting outside the heavily sanctioned country. Uh, CBS News has learned some six billion dollars of that money is currently um, in a restricted bank account in South Korea that is inaccessible to the heavily sanctioned regime the prisoners the prisoners involved in the agreement include Simak Namazi who has been held in Iran for nearly eight years Imad Shargi a Washington DC resident and Morad Tabaz, a U.S.-U.K. national. Two other Americans who wish to remain unidentified will be a part of the agreement, a source familiar with the deal says. Namazi, Shargi, Tabaz, and one unidentified prisoners were released from Iran's notorious Evin prison under house arrest on Thursday, according to the White House and an attorney for Namazi's family. The fifth prisoner had already been held under house arrest. So, I mean, this is a really big development. Uh, much like how we, as you know, the U.S. saw, we don't negotiate with terrorists. That's that's not what we do. Uh, we have that stance that we say openly and broadly. We're not the only country, though, that says that kind of shit. And, you know, Western countries aren't the only ones that kind of say that shit. So, you know, Iran's under a similar kind of situation, they said hey you guys have violated these laws for these reasons whatever you're going to jail and essentially they're like yeah we're that that's just how it is <laughs> but um we have control over things that you know these countries need and want which are which is money and and i've talked about this when it comes to the afghanistan situation when they took over when the taliban took over there was access to money. There was reserves that they're supposed to be getting. And America was essentially like, mm, no, we're already sanctioning you guys. You guys are already not cooperating. And, uh, you know, we're we're not sure if we're gonna give you that money. And, you know, in that situation, I felt very uncomfortable about that because it's like, it's their money. Like, they should just have access to it. It's crazy that they have to go through and all these channels. And you're almost using this as like, not no, no, almost about it. It's like, you're using this as a sanction. You're withholding this money from them. And I, I I feel very eerie, very ugh about it. In this situation, it's it's no different. But essentially, they're like, okay, 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 okay. We've been trying to negotiate with you guys for a very, very, very long time here. There's also another story here, I believe, that took place like in 2016, where there was a negotiation where they actually did just actually fly over money, like in a money exchange for prisoners, which is like, wow, it sounds like negotiating with terrorists. But um, essentially... That, you know, had some controversy to it, and much like this has controversy to it. Though they do say that the way they're going to distribute the money is it's only going to go to humanitarian, like, projects. It's only going to go to aid for to for the people who need it in the country. Though skeptics and critics are going to say, hey, fine, but we all know how fucking money works. You're saving them money then so that they can use it on, you know— terrorist you know enterprises and things of that nature so people are naysaying and booing that but i do say that if this is getting people home good just fucking do it um but that being said i i do hate how the whole sanctions process works how it, it goes about because essentially um, we kind of talked about it you know, yesterday with you know, the Uganda situation. They have means to just get around these sanctions. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to sell oil. We're going to do that kind of shit. And in this situation with Iran, they're no different. They're like, hey, we're going to just sell oil to China, to Russia, and we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to make what we can here. We still need that fucking money. But like, what I'm saying is they're still dripping in funds. And all you're doing is just making life harder for the people who need the money the most. So, um, that, that's forever upsetting to me. And I'm glad that at least, um, these people who are, you know, prisoners are at least getting a chance to go home. And I mean, granted that's still up in the air. I, I believe the whole process is set to be completed by September, but, um, I feel like things are on the road here. I think that, that hopefully these people will be, will be able to get home because goddamn, <laughs> Ugh, yeah you're not i'm i'm so glad that i am in the, in this regard i'm glad i'm in the imperial court i don't gotta go nowhere shit i don't have an walkable city for sure but like at least there's i'm here i'm posted <laughs> i have no reason to get a passport as of now thank god even though you know the more news i look at i'm like maybe i need to get mobile like that maybe i need to be a little evasive <laughs> oh sorry i'm i'm i'm, I'm chitty chatty right now <laughs> i'm in my head but, um, all right, we have one more thing to cover, and then I'll let you go. You can enjoy your Saturday. No more news. Oh, let me share my drink. <laughs> Okie dokie from the Associated Press. Supreme Court blocks for now Oxycontin maker bankruptcy deal that would shield the the Sacklers. Uh, (laughs) The Supreme Court on Thursday temporarily blocked a nationwide settlement with Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma that would shield members of the Sackler family who own the company from civil lawsuits over the toll of opioids. The justices agreed to a request from the Biden administration to put the brakes on an agreement reached last year with the state and local governments in addition. The high court will hear arguments before the end of the year over whether the settlement can proceed. The deal would allow the company to emerge from a bankruptcy as a different entity. Excuse me with its profits used to fight the opioid epidemic members of the sackler family would contribute up to six billion dollars but but a key component to the agreement would shield family members who are not seeking bankruptcy protection as individuals from lawsuits i want to take a quick break right here because this is why part of the reason why i'm okay with people pumping the brakes on this and saying oh mm, let's actually, you know, maybe talk about the justice aspect and not just saying, hey, let's make sure people get some money, you know, like, let's actually just get the money to the victims and let's move on. Because something that's popped up to me, like I was, I was just kind of doing some listening, because you know me, I'm, I'm an avid podcast listener. And I heard a story from the journal about uh, this drug maker called Malencroft. And I'm um, just gonna reference this from the NPR news if you would like would like to look it up. But drug maker Malincroft aims to avoid paying an op- opioid settlement to victims. Now, essentially, they were kind of in a very similar situation to like the Sacklers, though they um, aren't like individuals or anything like that. This isn't like a family. This is like you know, well, it was a family. They got into business, whatever. Essentially, they said, okay, you got us. We have all these lawsuits um, you know, we're trying to get out of it. We're trying to squirm out of it. Now it looks like we can't. So what if we just sign the settlement, we'll pay you X amount of money and we'll call it good. And they said, fine. You know, same, same argument as we're talking like with the Sackler's Purdue farmer bullshit. Let's get the money to the victims. Awesome. They pay about a year's worth of that agreement. And now they are trying to renegotiate it again. Essentially, they are trying to, I think, like more or less file bankruptcy again or some kind of fucking shit. And I just find that shit disgusting. And I think that if they can get away with that there, what's stopping the Sacklers from doing it? Now, they say that they don't have this blanket shield from lawsuits. Um, or The justices directed the parties to address whether bankruptcy law author- authorizes a blank- blanket shield from lawsuits filed by opioid. I just don't want to see these motherfuckers wiggle out of it at the end of the day um and i still think because we talked about this shit before i don't think six billion is enough like i don't at the end of the day these people are going to clear money off of this shit they are going to make money off the shit especially over time so i don't want to hear it like at the end of the day by this time any of this money gets to people who need it the people who deserve it the people who've had to go through this fucking shit the the ravages of opiates you know it's, it's not going to equal anything out so I say, let's, let's put the brakes on. Let's actually look at the shit deeper. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if when the dust settles after the Supreme Court actually looks at this shit, that it just goes through any fucking way. You know what I mean? So I'm not like getting my hopes up that, you know, things are going to get better in the situation. But, you know, I'll take whatever we can get and at least uh, a better review. Hey, that's something, right? Whew. But that's all we have for today uh hopefully it's a little bit lighter breezier episode <laughs> uh thank you so much for listening if you made it this far you're the best around uh but if you'd like to help uh support financially uh, i do have a patreon patreon.com so a news if you'd like to support the effort uh you become a newsy. i shout you out on the podcast I shout out a project whatever you'd like me to shout out And if you'd like to hit me up for free, there's a free way to do that. IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. I'm also on all of the socials. Uh, You can comment on the YouTubes. Hopefully you're subscribed to the YouTube. You can thumbs up on anything. You can do all the reviews, all the high stars, I hope. Would you kindly please? And yeah, that's really all I have for today. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully i see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.